Can we lift our hands and pray in the Holy Ghost right now? Just pray out loud. Can you tell me when it's, when it's on? It's on now. Hallelujah. Jim, can you? You sweet people keep praying. Can you play for me, you O Lord? You've risen from the dead, every knee will bow. Keep praying, say. You can sing with me, please. teaching on Romans 6 and portions of 7, chapter 7, and our students are with us from BHI also right now, <clears throat> and I wanted to bring you in because I want to talk to all of you, and I'm praying that the Lord will use what I say. To really speak to you deeply. I think the time has come <clears throat> that we've got to really awaken our spirit man. Thank you, Jesus. To the things around us. I think the time has come we have to anoint our eyes like Revelation says to see what's really happening around us in the spirit I'm not talking about what's happening in the flesh or in the natural there are a lot of spiritual rumblings out there there's a lot of thunder in the spirit 
there are great announcements in the spirit. You know, when it thunders, and we've had a lot of thunders lately in Florida because of thunderstorms, we always look where they are in the natural, in the natural. A lot of lightning lately the last few days in Florida. And uh, the power goes out for a few minutes, comes back on. But this is all natural. I'm here to tell you, God is thundering in the spirit. And very few are paying attention to it. But things are happening as a result of the thunderings in the natural realms that people are not really paying attention to it. Now I'm not here, I'm not here to, to bring bad news. I just want you to know the power you have to change what the devil is planning. I think God Almighty is warning us. In the Spirit, He's warning us. Now, you know, we've, we've had a lot of talk lately about, and heard a lot of talk lately about, uh, what's happening in different nations, whether it's Europe, or whether it's Iran and Israel, or whether it's Taiwan and China. There's a lot of things going on that are causing a lot of fear in the hearts of humanity that nobody knows what is going to happen tomorrow. The United Nations president said about a week ago, he said the world is one misunderstanding away. One misunderstanding away from a nuclear war. One misunderstanding away from disaster. I want you to know who you are in the spirit. God Almighty has given us his church unbelievable power we haven't used. I give you power over all the power of the enemy, the Lord said. Amen. That's what he said. Yeah. The Bible goes on to say, all things are yours. The present, the past, life, death, it's yours. That's amazing power you have. You need to know who you are. And I'm talking to you like your brother now, okay? I'm talking to you like someone who's been in the ministry now nearly 50 years of my life. I was there when Catherine Kuhlman was alive and ministering. I was in her meetings. I was there when Oral Roberts was my neighbor for 20 years. And I saw him regularly. I was there when Rex Humboldt came to our crusades. I was there when David Duplessis had his conference in Singapore in 1978. When all of us were young. And that man of God was speaking to us 
ministers at the time and I was just starting in ministry and I was among the the names God was using I was there in 1977 before that in Jerusalem when I was invited to speak at the Holy Spirit conference in Jerusalem because Catherine Kuman had passed away and Dan Melichuk and Alice brother who were the leaders of Logos International out of New Jersey invited me to speak because Catherine was in heaven. I was 24 years old. And I've seen the greats and their ministries. And God has really gave me the privilege to know many of them closely, very, very closely. You probably never heard of David du Duplessis, many, many of them. He was, he was known as Mr. Pentecost. He was a South African with an amazing, amazing anointing that I would say was the dominion anointing. His influence over the nations was unbelievable. Or Harold Bredesen. Many of you maybe never heard the name. Pat Robertson would not be Pat Robertson without Harold Bredesen. Today, we all know about Pat Robertson and the 700 Club, yet nobody knows the influence Harold had over Pat. And dear Harold stayed in my home, swam with my Natasha when she was five. She woke up one day, she said, you tell that old man to stop waking me up so early. <laughs> he prayed in tongues everywhere he would go. It was Harold Bredesen that prayed with Jimmy Carter and Sadat and Begin to make peace. When Jimmy Carter had President Anwar Sadat and Menachem Begin go to Camp David to make peace, they came to a problem. They, they, they faced a very serious problem where they could not disagree they called Harold to come and pray. Harold Bredesen was the first man to ever interview Sadat on ABC. President Sadat said, I do not want Barbara Walters, I want Harold. Those men shook the world. And I remember the prophecies they gave to this day about the world and me. Three prophecies were given over me when I was young. Two of them have been fulfilled, one has not. I used to be a part of what was called Shekhinah, Shekhinah, glory. A group that was started by the Watsons, Merv and Merla Watson. They live in, in Canada. I still talked to them on the phone regularly. 
It was Mullah who wrote Jehovah Jireh, the song. I was in her home when she wrote it. They're in their 80s now. They were very much a part of starting the Christian embassy in Jerusalem. And I hadn't been in Jerusalem at the time with them. And a man named David Loden and Lisa Loden from California were a part of the group and said, we want you to meet a lady. So I walked into a home at that time, a former embassy. And there stood a woman named Ruth Heflin. And her big voice. The minute she saw me, now that was in the 70s. Thus saith the Lord. She did, she did not even say, who are you? Who is this? David and Lisa Loden knew her. They take me to this big place in Jerusalem that was the embassy of some country. And then they all had to go to Tel Aviv because at the time no nation wanted to have an embassy in Jerusalem. So she starts prophesying before she even says hello. And she said, Thus says the Lord, God will bring you before kings and presidents and millions will hear the gospel through your life. What's, what's your name? <laughs> That's how she started. Thus said a big, big voice yet. Thus says the Lord, you will come before presidents and prime ministers and you will preach to millions. What's your name? <laughs> I still remember even the way she looked. The second prophecy, and that's been fulfilled. The second prophecy, when the second service I ever preached was at Bezac Center, outside Toronto. I was 21 years old. My first meeting was in, in a place called Oshawa, Canada, outside Toronto, not far from Toronto, east of Toronto. And I ministered in a, in a church that was a part of the Pentecostal churches of Canada. And the pastor at the time was the father of a friend of ours, Gary Beasley. Didn't know it then, I didn't know Gary. And Jim and him went to the same college. Together. Together. Jim Sunel was here. And that was the night God began to use me at Shiloh, a place called Shiloh of all places. You know that the name Shiloh yeah. is, the, is the name of the Lord, right? Yes. Yeah. And they called the fellowship Shiloh. And that's when, when the power of God fell that night. Wow. And I went home and I looked up. I said, dear Jesus, what did you do today? <laughs> and all he said is, be faithful to me. Oh, I still remember every moment of that beautiful night. <sighs> be faithful. That's all he said. I still remember. And the second service was at Bezac because a girl named Marilyn Stroud, who was a part of Shekinah, and, and she was a wonderful friend to me, called a man named Bernie Warren, who ran Bezac Center at the time. And Bezac was a retreat outside Toronto where uh, we would go uh, to just spend time with the Lord. It was in the farmlands 
outside Toronto with cows everywhere and, and animals roaming around them. And I would always go there, spend a few days, and I would take the, my hymnal with me and sing the hymns with the cows listening. That's how I learned the old hymns. I would sit on, on a rock and sing, My Jesus, I love thee. And nobody was there except the cows. Chewing, and chewing, and chewing. They would across the fence. Thank God. <laughs> but she went to, 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 to the man who ran the place, Bernie Warren. What a precious man of God. His dear wife, Marla. And so uh, I preached that night. And he prophesied. After I had ministered to, to the people, it was a full house. Because every Friday they would have a meeting. And they would have different speakers. And when Melvin Stroud talked to him, he decided to have me preach. Because she said to Bernie Warren, she said, the Lord is really using Benny because now he can speak. What, what convinced her that God was really using me is I no longer stuttered. And she knew me when I used to stop her. And he said, okay, let's have him minister. The power of God hit. And he said this to me. A life of great blessings. And great success. That's what I'm saying. But there was a man. Jan Willem van der Hoeven was his name. And I believe that prophecy he gave me will happen before God takes me home. Because it, it, it hasn't happened. What well, I'm going to tell you. Young Willem van der Hoeven was the, the pastor of the garden tomb in Jerusalem at the time. He was the keeper of the garden tomb. He was uh, from Holland. He was one of the main leaders that started the Christian embassy in Jerusalem that's still going on. He was friends with the Watsons. On a Thursday night in Canada at St. Paul's Cathedral, he prophesied over me with 3,000 kids all over the place. Who heard? Who actually heard? The day will come you'll bring fire to the Greek Orthodox Church. Wow. Hasn't happened yet. The day will come you'll bring fire to the Greek Orthodox Church. I have not seen it yet. But I'm going to ask you all to start praying up with us. Because he was a mighty man of God. In the next few days, God willing, uh, it, it, it won't be long, I'm going to go and see the Watsons. Uh, they've been asking me to come see them. I have not seen them in years and years. The last time we saw them was when they lived in Jerusalem. And dear Marie was there. Chad in those days wasn't with us. But he's now. And dear Merla fixed me the best soup I'll ever remember. But I believe God is going to do something when I see them. Because they were the people who helped me start. And they're still alive. They were like my parents in the Lord, basically. So Mervyn Merla Watson were the people God used the day the week I was saved. Amen. And what happened is, 
what happened is the kids from church were in my school. Bob and Lorraine Tadman and many of them amazing people of God who told them about Jesus. They would, every day they'd come and say, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you. About maybe like 10 of them. I thought they were all crazy. <laughs> but they were not. They were beaming with light, those young people. And uh, that first week, I was saved on Monday. This is on Thursday. Lauren Cunningham was, was preaching. The first sermon I ever heard was by Lauren Cunningham, who began YWAM, Youth with a Mission. And, and someone said, we want you to meet Mervyn Merla. I never met them. One of the kids. And they said, this young man is from Israel, and Merla came alive. She said, we have been praying God would send us somebody from Israel. And I joined that group that Thursday. They made me one of their main people, and I was saved only for three days, four days. I got saved on Monday, that was the Thursday. And I was the guy that would prophesy many times from the pulpit. And when I prophesied, 3,000 kids were quiet. And I was just saved only days. Days, not weeks, not months. They took me to Europe with them, and I was the first Hebrew teacher they ever had. I taught them Hebrew, because I knew it with better than I know it today. I, now, but now I know Biblical Hebrew better than I knew it then because I've just graduated from, thank God, from Hebrew University. But the thing that is so amazing to me is what God has allowed me to see since 1972. That's a long time ago. Be 50 years. Oh goodness, it's already past 50 years. February of 50 of 72, now we are 1922, that's over 50 years ago. And, and back then, I did not realize the rumblings that were going on, but God was rumbling then. He was speaking through great thunder. Is, is the right word rumbling? Or thundering is a better word? Thundering. He was thundering a message of revival that hit Canada. He was thundering a message that brought an incredible anointing on the youth of Canada from sea to sea, from the East Coast to the West Coast. Shook the nation. Shook the government. And then God brought me to the United States. What people don't know is when I came to the U.S., working with the Catherine Kuman ministry. I didn't realize what God would do. And that was also another sudden thing that God did without me knowing. That I was asked to conduct Catherine Kuman's memorial service and I never met her. So I'm the one now to preach a year after she died in honor of her memory to her people and her staff, and her choir, 
at Carnegie Music Hall Pittsburgh. It was then that Maggie Hartner walked up to me one day and she said, Gitto, you got it. I didn't know what she meant. She meant they know it. Yes, amen. And then I worked with them four years. And when I was done working with them, now churches knew me all over the world. And I was getting invitations from the biggest churches out there because they said he worked with Calvin Cummins uh, ministry. Now why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this to tell you I, in those days, I became aware of the thunderings and what they really sounded like. I'm hearing them again. No, you gotta, you gotta hear me. I'm, I'm not just trying to impress you. Had I not known the thunderings of God, I would not have become connected to individual after individual after individual who brought me to where I am now. Please hear what I'm saying to you. It was the Watsons who introduced me to Jim Ponter, who introduced me to Marty Phillips, who introduced me to Catherine Kuhlman. It was then, through that connection, I met Tommy Reed, through Ron House, because he met me through the Kuhlman people. It was through Tommy Reed, I met my father-in-law. It was through that I married Suzanne. It was through that the Pentecostal churches all over America wanted to have me because he was the biggest name in the country. In Orlando. The largest church, Pentecostal church at the time, was Roy Harden, who became my father-in-law. And so God took me from place to place without me even knowing where I'm going. He led me right to this place in my life. And the devil tried to kill me more than once along that journey. In a plane crash in, in 83, getting lost over the Pacific Ocean in the 90s, and many things that Jim would remember some of them, because he wasn't there all the time before that, before he came. But here I am, nearly 70, this December, and I look back, and one thing that I have become, uh, how shall I say, I'm tuned into the thunder. I'm hearing the thunder again. But this time, it doesn't sound the same. Every time I heard the thunder, it was, awake, wake up, wake up, wake up. And we did. But in those days, a lot of men and women of God <clears throat> that had great voices and they were living holy lives heard the same thunders and they were interpreting what they were saying to them, what the thunders were saying to them. And they were warning the church. Today, not many voices are out there that are hearing the thunders. Yeah. Few, and I'm one of the few. So what, what am I hearing? I'm hearing a new anointing. Yes. Wait, wait, don't, don't clap, don't say anything, just listen. I'm hearing a new anointing on the remnant, not on the world, not outside the church. 
a remnant on those of you who take seriously fasting, yeah. prayer, intercession. Not, please forgive me, not the nutty kind of intercession. Right. Not what they call intercession that is not intercession. Because yeah. they walk around acting like, forgive me, fools, screaming, shouting, dancing, running around, and they call it intercession. No, that's not intercession. It's not the intercession I know. It's not what I saw when I was growing in the Lord. It's not what I saw with those great people I just mentioned. We had prayer meetings. We had true intercession. In the catacombs, 3,000 young people would call on God. When we had true, true moves of the Spirit. We did the same in OCC. 6 a.m. every Tuesday. 6 a.m. every Saturday. And Jim was there. We really called on God. And the move of God hit Orlando. Because of that. And God doesn't need a whole lot of you. Just a few who take it seriously. Just a few of you will take it seriously. 120 shook the world. That's it. 120 shook the world. Not many in the Welsh revival shook the world. It was actually less than that. When they took God's word seriously and got on their knees because they were discerning the sound of thunder yes. and what it was saying. And what I'm going to tell you is three things are coming. An amazing move of the Spirit within the remnant called the church. You say like, what do you mean? Well, that's really something only God knows. Because I would not have been able to tell you back then what God would do, but He did it. Nobody really could see what that move would be like, but we saw it. Would you believe it if I tell you that angels back in the 70s, angels appeared on highways and I saw one of them? That happened in the 70s. We were in a, in a, in a car driving from Kitchener back to to the city of Toronto, and, a, and a, an old man, who looked like an old man, hitchhiking on the highway, white hair, I'll never forget that. His skin beautiful and smooth, very red skin, red face. And Bob Tadman was driving, we were all there in that little car, having gone to a prayer meeting in Kitchener, and someone said, let's stop and pick him up. And they said, well, there's no space. Well, all right, let's go back. And two of us stay behind and let's help him. And then you come back and get us. And I was one of the volunteers with a young girl named Michelle to be left behind. Nothing around us, only farmlands. You could not see one building. Open highway. Corn everywhere. Beautiful day. 
not even a farmhouse, not even a building, not even a tower, like electric tower, nothing, nothing but farm. We made the U-turn, not, not even a car on that highway besides just one, that's us. We made the U-turn. This was seconds, seconds. And you, we all wondered, what is this man doing here? Where did he come from? Uh, did he walk from somewhere? He was in the middle of nowhere. We made the U-turn, he's gone. We all ran out of the car, running through the, the fields. There was only like maybe five of us in that car, maybe six max. We're running everywhere looking for them. We thought maybe he had fainted, maybe something happened. Nowhere to be found. We were so shaken, we came back and told the church, we saw an angel. We, we had no, no other answer to give him. That same time, I'm on my way to listen to a man who I just met who was a missionary to Bolivia, who invited me to come and listen to him, again in Kitchener. Now Kitchener to Toronto is a good hour and a half drive. We leave Bizak Center to go to Kitchener to hear him, this wonderful lady, much older than I was, named Anne, who was from England, because I said, I want to go listen to this man, and we would stay in Bizak because it was a place you'd go for a retreat center, you know? So now we wanted to go hear him. It took us a one hour and a half to get there, and 10 minutes to come back. That happened to me. We leave the church in Kitchener, and Anne looks and says, we're back at Bizak. I said, this is impossible. It, 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 we did not even get on the highway. People of God, listen to me. The church I went to was on a dirt road with rocks everywhere, little rocks. Bizak Center is on the, that kind of road. You go in the, in the country, you're riding on nothing but rocks and the dust is flying away from the highways. We are still on that dirt road and we look at the sign and she says, we're back at Bizak. I said, no, we hadn't even gone on the, on the highway. Benny, this is the same, this is the same place if we turn left, Bizak is down. I said, there's no way Bizak would be down here. Right, right. I'm begging you not to even go there. Because it's dark out there. Right. Not even a light nowhere. She turns left, and we're at Bizak. Wow. We're freaking out. We ran in screaming. The Lord picked up that car somehow. We were, I was in it. You can read about Philip. I was in it. It wasn't in the book of Acts. It was in Canada. <laughs> Lift your hands, Lord, do it again, please. That kind of thunderings were happening. That's what I mean by thundering. I'm telling you, it's happening again. Now, I'm going to say something to you. Three nights ago I had a dream. 
about Los Angeles. A prophetic dream about Los Angeles. Los Angeles, I was flying over the city. And every time I've ever had a dream of me flying, God was going to visit that place. Wait, wait, hold, hold, wait, wait. Before I began the crusades, night after night, I would see myself over cities that I went to and had crusades. Then the dream stopped in 2008. That's when they stopped. And that's when the crusade stopped. Our last crusade was Oakland, California, 2008. Then we had conferences. But the big stadiums stopped in 2008. This is 2022 now. The conferences continued in convention centers. But the last stadium we were ever in was in 208 in Oakland, California. Wow, two years ago. And that was the last dream I ever had of flying. Wow. You say, what, what? I don't know. For From 1991 to 208, I saw myself flying thousands of times. Thousands of times. The Lord would show me ahead what city I was going to. Like it's, it's quite amazing to be honest with you. Now, three nights ago, that's why I wanted to come to. That's why I'm here. I, I I I made a decision to come to California a few days before that, not knowing God would give me that dream. But I saw two things. I saw the city, and then I saw dip like that. I saw something happen where the the move of God dipped or stopped. And that, that I don't know what, what it means. All I know is God Almighty is going to move in Los Angeles. Amen. You see how you know? Because I go back to the dreams. I call them thunderings of God. When God would speak to you in a way and you were not really getting the whole message till late. You say, wait a minute. I've had dream after dream, hundreds of them, that I was back in OCC. Wait, hold it, hold it. Where my children would have meetings. They were using another building that the man bought OCC from us and started his own church called Judah and, and sold it to, to, to another group. And I'm continually having dreams almost weekly that I'm back in OCC. And I was there a few days ago. And my children now are using it on Sunday night. And I would go to their old building at Judah because they were using that one. And I thought, well, maybe this is OCC. This is maybe what the dreams mean. And now suddenly I get, it happens so fast you can't believe it. They were using Judah and somebody came with a gun, began shooting outside the parking lot. My kids called me and said, Daddy, what do you do? I said, now, cancel the service now. Because if, if one of your members is harmed, right. it'll shut down your ministry. Right. Where do we go? We only have a week. Jesse said, I'm going to call OCC. I said, why? I just have to call them. And one day they're, they're in them. Right. 
God used an incident in a parking lot to fulfill a dream that was, was going on. And I told my kids, I said, I'm, I'm, I, I keep having these dreams. Now, I have not had any more dreams about Los Angeles except one. But if I have another one, I'll tell you about it. So I'm here to prepare you. Yeah. No, not just you, but everybody. Pray for Los Angeles. Yes. Begin to pray. And you people that, that are living in Los Angeles, and I'm going to repeat some of that on Thursday when, when I'm with dear Michelle Corral. And I hear it's going to be packed on Thursday. I'm going to tell them all what I told you. Get on your knees. Don't miss this divine moment for Los Angeles and your city. Because I don't believe it's going to just be Los Angeles. Here's why. Ralph Wilkerson told me years ago, he said, what God does in Los Angeles spreads all over America. It always has. It's all, uh, look, Azusa began here. Azusa began here. Everything goes from west to east. And Dashi, I don't believe God has you here by accident. As much as you wanted to move to Florida, it's not God's time. Nor is it His will. And now I believe it so much that I'm getting a place here again. No, wait, wait, hold, hold. I want to come back here regularly. Because I believe I'm going to see what I believe. Are you ready for it? Yes. All right, now, we're going to pray that God will speak to you. Jim, we're going to pray that God speaks to everyone. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, all of you, lift your hands and pray. Pray, 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 pray. Take this seriously, all of you. There's coming a move of God to America, to the remnant, and it begins in Los Angeles. It begins here, and it will move from here to other cities all across America. That's all I know. That's all I know. It will be fresh. It will be beautiful. But it will not last long. It will not last long. Lord, we give you the praise. Now, Lord, speak to your people about prayer. Speak to your people about the time has come to listen to the thunderings out there. Your blessed, blessed messages given to us. We give you the praise. The Bible says in Zechariah to call upon the Lord in the time of rain. To call upon him in the time of rain. Michelle Corral was saying yesterday that they're praying for revival. Yes. And I didn't want to say anything to her because it was already late and I, we, we were told by a certain time we have to leave the building because it wasn't our building. I will share that on Thursday. Yes. Amen. Amen. Get ready Los Angeles. And here I'm going to say, get ready America. Yes. Get ready America. The, the, we are, we are going to have a, a, a season of bright sunshine in the land. But it won't be long. It will also affect America politically in a positive way. In a positive way. Keep praying. I'm telling you, good things are on the way. 
Good things are on the way in everywhere. Lord, I give you praise for this time. Speak to your people. Bless your people. In the name of Jesus. And for your glory. And it's time to sow seed in God's word because this is the time to protect our future financially also. So do it today. I'll see tomorrow. I don't know what God is, is going to have me do. I'll just be with you tomorrow. All of you on social media. All right. You can show your seat on the platform. You're watching me on. You can go to our website or simply text BHM45777. All right. Love you all. I'll see you soon.